know, figuring out things that our parents never even got to figure out, right? Like, I'm very much a child at being an adult still. Like, I'm, I'm just, I'm still getting used to being an adult. Like, Beyonce said it best. <laughs> not the queen. <laughs> There's some things my guy was not even doing well. No. And this is my best friend. I'm a Nijack girl. So I die. It was all a lie. Hi, guys. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to It Was All a Lie. It was all a lie. We are two 25-year-olds just trying to figure out our our 20s, now that we're in our late 20s, um, just trying to figure out how adulting happens. And this podcast is a forum for us to talk about and deconstruct a lot of socialized ideologies that we are either comfortable with or not. So come join us. You better slam that book on the table. LOL. Um, But today we're talking about constructive criticisms and how it shows up in our lives in the past, present, and future, and just like overall how we feel about it. Yeah. So let's start off, um, Dara, when you hear the word construct or the words constructive criticism, what do you initially think? How do you feel when you hear it? LOL. Um, I associate it with like slightly negative emotions um as far as place like locations pop into my head to like work um but then I also think about like my parents and friends and yeah I think those are the first few things that pop into my head what about you um definitely work when I was in school school Mm -hmm. um There was a lot of constructive criticism in school, but I guess that's the point. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Why you, what, 40,000? Right. Um, and also definitely my parents, and I would say more my relationships versus, like, my platonic friendships. But I think um, the older I get and, you know, like, the more complicated life gets, um, it's now starting to also be more platonic friendships yeah I think that just happens with age and you know life experiences yeah I definitely agree so we def- we found a definition on google this is on betterup.com don't know if it's credible sorry <laughs> but yeah there's probably better sources like I don't know quick google search anyways So the constructive criticism is a feedback method that offers specific actionable recommendations, good, and there are good constructive feedbacks, facilitating positive outcomes and create a positive working environment. Also provides a safe space where a person feels secure enough to ask questions, seek help and share ideas. Wow, this is a packed definition. It is. It gives you all those good feels too. It sure does for some I just don't really think that's always the case, is it? Yeah, I guess there is. I guess maybe the reason they're using a lot of like positive words is because they want to differentiate it from negative criticisms. Like the word constructive here, it's like it actually is beneficial rather than just like, you know, because I would think like negative criticisms is kind of just like complaining. Like there isn't actual 
actual actionable steps while constructive criticism is rooted in like an action plan and like working on something so I would say like that's the biggest definition yeah that's the difference too like they probably framed it like that because the goal is to get better um although in the moment when you're hearing it because I feel like you know and we'll get into this later there's definitely different variations different experiences that we've had around constructive feedback or constructive criticism to where in the moment it doesn't feel quite as positive and for the betterment of you or for the larger goal so yeah yeah you'd also have to have like a very clear understanding what the goal is too (laughs) and I feel like a lot of the time sometimes criticism doesn't have like a goal in mind it's kind of just like a space to vent when like can we talk about don't get to that yeah yeah because like that's it like it's only constructive if there's actually something you're working towards um if it's not really like actionable I would think it's just like just kind of complaining nagging (laughs) yeah 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 um so what do you think is like the best way someone can provide you constructive criticism? Like, do you have scenarios? Like, the, yeah, the idea it. sit down, preface it. Let me know. I don't know. To your point about like it just being negative or me perceiving it as negative because it might not be the end. I I do acknowledge that in some scenarios, while I may perceive it as negative, it may not have been that other person's intention. Um, but I think that just let me know in advance that this is what we're doing or nine times out of 10, we probably already are in a conversation where I'm leading you to give me constructive criticism. Like I'm, I'm already open um, and receptive to that. So yeah, just let me know. Cause if you, if you nine times out of 10, if you come out of nowhere saying it, I'm going to just be like, excuse me. (laughs) Like, hold on, pump the brakes, pump the brakes, like, where, how long have you been thinking about this, where did this come from, Um, especially, you know, and I think that's really across the board, like, friends, family, um, even work, like, at least with work, a lot of the time, unless you're asking for it, you know, there's certain periods of the year that you're going to be getting um, constructive feedback, so I just like to know, you know, in advance, which is very me, I, I definitely like to, like, just okay, this is a thing that's coming up in my life. Let me brace myself for whatever it is. Um, And I think also like um, per the definition, it also provides a safe space. I think that's really, I love that they put that in there because when I think constructive feedback and constructive criticism and the ways in which I have welcomed it the most, it's having a level of trust with that person for whatever role they play in my life, whether it's work, family, friends, or romantics, that I can actually trust it and it's not coming from like a trash place. So safe space is also pretty big. So yeah, mm-hmm. what about you? Um, yeah, I think I too, um, like, I, I guess, yeah, I, I, there's a comfort to like knowing that like, like, you know, your annual review is coming up and, yeah. like, being able to, like, <laughs> mentally prepare. Yeah. Um, I know you don't really get the same benefit of doubt with, like, family, friends, and, like, romance. Um, one thing me and my partner do, though, is um, check-ins. Mm-hmm. We try to do it, like, quarterly, and I think that helps. 
Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah. But I think, like, um, I don't know if, like, I'm trying to, like, reflect to see, like, how even, like, that could have worked, like, in my family. Like, I really do doubt my parents would have been, like, down for a quarterly check-in. I mean, <laughs> because I feel you, like when... Oh, I was going to say, can you tell me more a little bit about what you and your partner do? Like, what goes into you guys' quarterly check-ins and how is it different from what other people may do or and what you would want in your family? Yeah, I mean, I think our quarterly check-ins are very similar to almost, like... Um, like a quarterly review with your employer, LOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not it's uh, a businessman. I'm a brand. You got to come to be correct. I like it. But yeah, I want you to tell everybody else about it, though. Yeah, I mean, we have we talk about the different aspects of our relationship, um, just like things from emotional um, vulnerability. Uh, like we basically like just have like I guess like key points so we talk about like how our emotional health is doing our physical health is doing our financial health our spiritual health and then we also usually have like a goal or like actionable things that we want to work on so when the next quarter comes around we always start off with like reflecting on that goal and then go back into it and then create like a new goal yeah so it's like very similar to like quarterly company check-ins um, I just like it because um, sometimes I feel like it's a little uncomfortable to talk about specific things with your partner. In the, on um, the right like, day. Yeah, you know, and sometimes like it might not even be that big of a deal to want to talk about like in that moment, you don't want to like ruin the vibe or whatever, but like it is important to you. And um, so it just provides us this space to kind of like, guards are off like we know that we're doing this for our betterment Mm -hmm. it's not like I'm coming for you it's like we're working on this together and I think I don't know it kind of goes back to like what you were saying earlier like the preparation maybe it's because like we know this is coming up so like we're mentally prepared to like be like supportive of one another and like um actionable rather than like trying to like fight or like you know be on opposite sides Mm, that's so beautiful y'all be putting y'all emotion well as much as you possibly can you put your emotions away in that moment and try not to react um as you may have in another situation because you guys know this is coming up yeah emphasis on try you know try. we're so human yeah very much human <laughs> very much if you human. say the wrong thing i'm gonna i'm probably still gonna feel some type of way but yeah but also this would be the time to talk about that too so like if you don't like the way your partner said something that would be the time to say it rather than like you know like I just feel like sometimes we swallow a lot of stuff and then that's what like builds up to like these bigger fights and this like aggression it's like these little itty bitty things that you swallowed sure for sure I think too like because I think the quarterly check-ins are a a lot of people could say that that's a double-edged sword because in the same way that you're saying that it gives a space to discuss all those more minute things. People would say, like, if they're so minute and I don't want them to build up or I don't want to, you know, quote unquote, keep a record of somebody's wrongs, then why would I not discuss it earlier? But I think the quarterly check-ins and the t- like the intentional time set aside allows for just a little bit more intention and awareness about like what it is that really, you know, maybe hurt your feelings or rubbed you the wrong way this way 
when you're telling somebody how you feel or about a certain situation, it's not like overly emotional. And I don't mean to say that as emotions are bad, but in more of an objective way rather than subjective. Cause we all know somebody, you know, somebody hurt your feelings. You say, Oh my gosh, you have my feelings. You feel some type of way already. Then they're not getting it. Or for whatever reason, they're getting defensive. So now y'all both are like going at it. And it really didn't have to be all that. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes it has to be all that. Cause that's how I feel. <laughs> but right. most, yeah. Yeah, and that's not to say that we definitely also have, like, moments where we talk about things that aren't in the quarterly, you know, check-ins, because some things just can't wait. Sometimes you just need to, like, talk about it then and there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would honestly, and a lot, the reason I think, like, we do is, like, a lot of it also is, like, similar to, like, a check-in, a quarterly, like, a review with your employer, because, mm-hmm. like, one thing I've been trying to really do recently Um, especially in this new role that I'm in is like being a lot more transparent with like what I'm my workload what I'm dealing with um, with my with my boss that's just something I've decided to do I realized at my last company that Mm -hmm. a lot of the times when I wasn't transparent about you know my workload or um, maybe perhaps like confusions that I have my growth my development or even like stuff that's happening in my own life and I wasn't trans. I didn't have that level of transparency with my my supervisor. Mm-hmm. It led me to just not work efficiently because I I was just like so consumed with my own thoughts. Right. So, um, luckily I have a great boss now. But um, hold on, and- hold on. I got something to say. Y'all see how she slipped that in there? My new role. If y'all didn't know, now y'all know. And she got it. <laughs> pop 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 pop. Congratulations Ew. on air. <laughs> Thank that? you. What sound was that? Ew. Oh, was that a blowhorn? It was supposed to be. Like, um, like oh, okay. The, I'm not gonna lie. That first piano sounded like you were you were like a French cat or something. But uh, not a purr. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. But um, and I think it's actually really helped me because there's like this level of authenticity that I feel a lot more than I've ever really felt at work. And it allows me to show up as like my true authentic self at work. And because of that, I am now working a lot better because I feel like a lot of time, especially as like black women, we're like so consumed with like our black identity in the workplace and trying to like present something, which is understandable. But like, I'm kind of over that. Yeah. Um, but all that to say is like with these like check-ins even at work and in my personal life these are really those spaces to have these more like constructive conversations um that have that might be offered to have in like a regular phone call and it provides this space um to you know just be vulnerable and being authentic um yeah and that's really the goal but, I mean, that, it don't always happen like that. That's for sure. I think we build our environments, though. Like, and I'm, and I say that, like, I know, like, some work environments are super toxic. Mm-hmm. And there's only, there's only so much you can do about that. But even in those toxic environments, I think that we have a lot more power than we think we do. Like, in our relationships, at work, with our family, like, we have a lot more power. Like, a lot of these things don't happen at us. Like, we're doing it, too. 
like we're <laughs> aiding to the environment that create like these uncomfortable situations you think so i mean i agree that we have a, more, a lot more power than we think a lot of the time but i don't know i feel like it's an even balance um of things happening and then you because to your point is if we're thinking about it in like the professional environment like if if you have noticed that the environment is toxic then you do have the opportunity to leave given you know the string of factors that you attach to like switching jobs but in the beginning before you I feel like before you figure that out, it definitely feels like it's all happening at you. There's like, what I'm saying is like, there's a period of time before you realize you have the power that you make the moves that you need to do to make yourself, you know, put yourself in a healthy situation that you're just like, hold on, what's going on here? I'm flustered, um, Mm -hmm. feeling under pressure, you know, and kind of a lot of the emotions you were talking about when you were in your previous um, position at the other company. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Um, Yeah, it's definitely like a process. Totally agree with that. But I think I'm just trying to think of like, yeah, I think in general, I'm just trying to think I have a lot more control than I do. (laughs) Yeah, because at least like what we can do is control ourselves and how we move and how we feel. Because the world just the world keeps keeps going y'all it just keeps hitting left right up down listen up on center left you know field. yeah no I totally agree with that um so back on to the path um or the previous uh conversation about constructive criticism um I guess can you think of previous experience of a constructive criticisms like from your childhood from your you know being a child a teenager young adult I guess, like, can you think of, like, a positive way that someone's giving you constructive criticism and perhaps maybe a way that you did not like it being approached to you? And, like, what did you, like, why didn't you not like it? Like, what was it about it? Um, that's such a deep question, lol. Uh, this is a deep pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I think I think this, I, I do I think I will end up reiterating what I said earlier to our earlier question with like what's the best way for constructive criticism to be provided to me and the way that I receive it best is like when it's we're already in the conversation it's prefaced um you know we're talking about a subject and it's like okay can you give me your constructive feedback like I I've have very I've had a lot of moments where I'm asking somebody else who's you know who's able to see me from a different perspective like what they think about something or what how what they think I'm how they think I'm doing um in a particular scenario and obviously I feel like that's a cop-out a little bit like it's a beautiful thing but it's a cop-out in the sense that you were in control of it so that's probably why it felt the best the times that I did not I was not feeling constructive criticism is when it came out of nowhere or just like when it seemed like the situation was heightened. So while looking back now, I could view it as constructive criticism in the moment. It felt negative. It felt like complaining. It felt like opposition and defense. Um, So it's just like, I've been needing people to, you know, take, take a deep breath before you talk to me, (laughs) please. That's all I'm asking. Take a deep breath, know who you're speaking with, you know, 
very big on talk to me nice or don't talk to me at all. Not because I want to run away from the reality of conversations and the reality of situations, but, you know, be soft with me, be gentle with me, but, but keep it real also is kind of my thing. Um, And I think that like, that was a bit of an issue for me kind of with my parents growing up. I mean, where, who isn't like every, you know, if we don't get real talking somewhere, it's going to be from our parents. Um, and definitely appreciate it now looking back most of it anyway. Um, and I have to say, like, I didn't appreciate it fully, probably until I went to college because I saw that other people were getting spoken to that way, being that I didn't grow up around a lot of other, um, African families. And so then when I got to college and I saw y'all and I'm like, oh my God, y'all parents be talking to y'all like that too. That's crazy. This is not me. Cause I wasn't surrounded by families who seem to be talking that way. I feel like constructive feedback is somewhat embedded in our culture. Um, as Nigerian people, like, you know, we crack on each other or sometimes we're not. And it's not really cracking. It's not really a joke. They're really telling you, they're reading you for filth about your life. Um, and that's how it be. So, yeah, long-winded, but that's those are some of my experiences. What about you? Oh, well. Yeah. Um, you saying talk to me is don't talk to me nice and don't talk to me at all reminded me of like college. You used to say that damn near every day. Listen, there was a lot of pain behind that statement. <laughs> I was trying to fight for my life because no, really, like, yeah, you can say what you need to say, but just relax, like, take a few deep breaths, please, and thank you. Um, I'm with you, I'm with you. Um, yeah. I think for me, like, my ideal way of someone, like, giving me constructive criticism is, like, romance me. And it doesn't have to be, like, a, a <laughs> man. You but, like, screaming. I love that. Romance me first now. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. Like, make me feel... You want a sandwich. That's what they be doing right. in the place. You want a compliment. Oh, my God, Nishi, your hair is beautiful today. Okay, but you really sucked at this last night, but you're doing, like... Again, your hair is gorgeous. That's what you're looking for? Precisely. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm screaming. Loki, so same. I, I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like I would just feel a little... I don't know. I feel like I'd just feel a little bit better. Sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's how I would like it. Um, I think in the past, the ways that I've not liked it, it like, similar to you, just coming out of left field, um, but just like coming, like not just like complaining, you know, like if, mm. if there is actually no actionable steps, like there isn't actually something to work on. Yeah. It's just kind of, it's just like, okay, I get it. You, <laughs> you don't like it here. So what are we going <laughs> to do about that? <laughs> right. <laughs> like, don't throw me some random curveball. I mean, I get that, but I'm also like. Okay, can you give me, a, like, a very... I don't know. That wasn't a good enough example for me. Because I feel like, while I understand what you're saying, somebody else could be like, so I can't just tell you how I feel and you figure out what I want you to do about that. Or, like, you initiate the conversation on, like, why does my emotions in the moment have to have an action plan for how you should change? Like, am I not what? putting the ball in your court? 
So I think that's different than like constructive criticism. Like if mm. you're just like coming to me and being like, hey, this is like something I've been feeling and I just kind of need like a space to vent. That's like different than that's being like valid. That's different than being like me coming to you like, hey, I'm going to tell you something and, you know, it's a criticism, but like I want, it's like, like going back to like the definition constructive, like what about what you're saying is constructive? So like mm-hmm. feel free to like vent, tell me how you're really feeling. I don't care about that. It's just more like if you're trying to like tell me how to do better, I yeah. need you to like make it actionable right like I need you to like and even if you don't have the full answer at that moment like let's let's do some brainstorming let's like figure it out because like going back to even like let's say a work setting Mm -hmm. a really good manager is going to know your flaws but they're also going to give you examples on how to do better and it's Mm -hmm. up to you to try them and Mm -hmm. figure out what works for you and do better right so yeah I think of it in the same way even in like all types of relationships friendships familial romantic like yes obviously we're supposed to be a a safe space for these people to like talk about it but I think like we have to understand like is this a venting session or is this a a constructive criticism session right like because I think that would also really help because I don't know like for me if someone's like coming to me let's say they're telling me like how they feel jaded about like a way I approached it and they're Mm -hmm. just like venting and venting and all that like if I don't know what the main purpose of this conversation is I might then become defensive when they're trying to end on a hey I want us to work better, but I'm feeling attacked type. Right. And maybe that's something I need to work on. But like, if I basically, (laughs) what I'm saying is like, maybe a lot of these type of conversations need to have like intent talked about in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Because to me, if you're just coming at me, whichever way you're coming at me and I don't understand like the purpose yeah I'm just like I don't know I just kind of feel a way about that I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna be a little bit more defensive versus if like my friend came up to me and was just like hey I want to talk about like something that happened um just know like I'm venting but I also have like some actionable steps for us I know it's not like fun and it definitely isn't going to be sexy in your romantic relationships but like I think it just allows a lot and le- like for someone who's an overthinker like myself it just removes a lot of questions yeah. and a lot of anxiety uh, having these conversations and I think that's just like something I personally like and need mm-hmm. um just to like be productive and proactive in all my relationships work romantic friendships all that yeah, no, I totally agree. And to your point about it not being sexy in a romantic relationship, it'll probably keep it sexy. Depending on the type of person you are, it'll probably keep it sexy and maintain a level of intimacy and improve the level of intimacy. Because to your point, if I don't have any, you know, outstanding questions about the root of what you're saying and how that, how what you're saying makes me think you feel about me, then we can keep it pushing. Like I can very openly accept 
what it is that you have to say. I can, you know, to your point, implement some of those points and then we can keep it pushing versus like, if not, then I'm really looking at you. You, you got what you needed off your chest. And then you've kind of left me with the burden of untangling that. And now I'm looking at mm-hmm. you like, um, <laughs> wait, I'm not feeling all the worms and fuzzies. And I think that even really um, extends even to platonic relationships. Um, honestly, any relationship for me in particular, because like, I'm an overthinker as well. Um, I don't want to call it like a personality trait because, you know, I don't want to be an overthinker like that. But uh, yeah, I like to feel warm and fuzzies about most of my relationships, if not all. So help me help you help us. Let's work together. Yeah. And I think also like starting off these conversations, like on a mental note, knowing that you're not trying to fight or like not trying to like come for the person you know like I feel like if you know that you're going to be venting but like you're saying this because you want to move forward versus like coming in knowing you're trying to like cause fire like knowing like you know like when have you ever like gone into a fight knowing that you're just you're choosing violence like, you know, oh, well, you're going into this to choose violence. Yeah, because sometimes, I'm not going to lie, I'm not going to lie, sometimes, like, there's, like you said, like, uh, what's it called? The constructive feedback and the, the methods in which we're talking about, it doesn't always feel quite sexy, but there's something about, like, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad. There's something about ruffling feathers. It's actually quite manipulative, because which I think what you're trying to do is, like, make the person react, basically. Um, to your point about choosing violence when that shouldn't be the goal at all. Like, so yeah, I completely yeah. agree. You want to choose yeah. violence. It's like, I want to make a point. I def- I want to be right. I don't even want to do no teamwork stuff. I want you to know that you made me feel some type of way and that I'm right. And you have to, you have to acknowledge that. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is almost like slightly ego driven. Yeah. Because like, if, if you think about it, I mean, I don't have a child, but I really feel like if my kid jaded me, really done pissed me off, mm-hmm. I'm not going to necessarily want to choose violence with my child. But I'm going to want to, like, tell um, them about themselves, but, like, yeah. I'm going to also, there's a, there is a reason, there is a purpose, right? Yeah. And I feel like I use the example of a child because I think that one is a little bit more nuanced or a little bit more flexible in terms of like the feelings you associate with it versus like your friend I don't know maybe it's because it's a child they're like under you or like whatever versus you would like somebody on like, the same yeah. level as you yeah um kids having kids is hard people say I've been talking to my coworkers a lot and you know they have younger much younger kids like I think they're all under five but I think a parent to child relationship might be top top two Top three and not two, or sorry, and not three. Because then the other relationship that's really big is probably like between you and your life partner if you have one. Um, because, baby, I have a younger sister um, and a younger brother. And, oh, that would have been a good example. Yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying? And like, yeah, I agree that because they're under you, you don't want to do it like that. But they're also growing individuals. Like, my sister just turned 16. 
And I don't know, man, sometimes I'll be wanting to throw hands. I'll be wanting to let her know that uh, she needs to relax. <laughs> she needs to relax. remember who she's talking to, but like, and that probably is a little bit of ego. Um, so I'm like, I'm grown. Like, who are you talking to? So, yeah. But there's like, like the thing is like with your siblings though, even though like you feel um, rightfully so about, you know, whatever happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're trying to come in and like hurt them, right? Like you're, I don't think that's ever really the intention, but sometimes I feel like in a lot of like relationships, like friends and like romantic and maybe even like work relationships Mm -hmm. when like things happen, Mm -hmm. I don't know if we all, or at least like personally, I don't know if like, um, it's that innate like I feel like we have to like actually think and be like no I'm going into this conversation to be like productive I'm not trying to attack this person I'm not trying to like be right versus or like I'm trying to come in with a goal and that's something I've been trying to like work on a lot more not feeling like I have to be defensive and protective because I don't know like even if my brother one of my brothers I said my brother I was looking thinking about one specific one oh <laughs> my Dang. brothers yeah he already knows anyways yeah. um <laughs> if my brothers me off and yeah I want to tell them and be like you know justified in telling them I'm always gonna end with a learning lesson I don't know how to explain it but like I'm always gonna end with like and this is how we're gonna do better together versus like if I'm like having like a tiff with like a friend or something, I might feel so vindictive, like, not vindictive, I might feel mm-hmm. so rightful to want to be right, mm-hmm. that, like, I'm not thinking, hey, let's have, like, let's, like, make this be actionable, let's make this be supportive. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because, like, once again, they're, like, younger than me, I have, like, a more maternal feeling towards my brothers versus mm-hmm. like if it's like my friend or somebody it's not as like maternal and maybe that's what it is but like I really think that's really important when we have like these constructive criticism sessions is like knowing that y'all are on the same page and understanding yeah. that before you even enter this yeah because if you don't I feel like when you don't have like that mental click anything can happen you know yeah and and that's and that's not constructive. That's how you ruin relationships. Exactly. No, I definitely agree. I definitely I don't know. I feel like it's just hard in the moment. And I think what popped up to me when you were talking about like how you're maternal, like the spectrum of you being maternal in your to your siblings is different probably than you are in your other relationships is like in the in the reason we should you know, be more intentional and aware when having these type of conversations is like everybody is somebody's child. So a thought Facts. that's been, you know, here and there, you know, somebody's son, somebody's daughter, uh, is that like, I think a lot of our relationships are like extensions of different types of relationships. I don't um, encourage you being a mom to your friend and your platonic with your girls and your platonic relationship or like you doing that in your romantic relationships or let alone at work. But I do feel like different sides of us come out at different moments and that's okay. I think that's kind of like the, that's the purpose of those, of these relationships is to teach us things about ourselves and about each other and how to be better to one another. 
Um, so you should be kind to like everybody because you know, everybody's somebody's son, somebody's daughter. Like, yeah, it seems like sometimes I think it's really easy. And I've I've done this before. I, I tell myself sometimes I think it's really easy to when you're dealing with certain people to be like, they can take it. They mm-hmm. see handle everything else well. It's just like, um, mm-hmm. that's you just wanna poke at them because you feel hurt. And it's okay for you to feel right. like don't now you're it's not it's no longer constructive criticism like you have it's a negative, for your ego yeah you have a negative intent behind it um I'm not proud of me doing that before because I mean you know but I have and um yeah just just relax take a take a day take a take a few days if you need to think about it and um then come back and try to deal with it then or I mean, or not, and I just, I, I hope that y'all have a strong enough foundation to where, like, it won't matter how things, sometimes it won't matter how things happened in the moment, because you guys are able to rebuild anyway. I agree. I honestly, this just made me think, it really sounds like constructive criticism is not ego-based. Like, there is no ego in it. So, when you say ego, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Um, so when I say ego, I, I'm relating it to how a lot of like new age psychobabble always refers to ego as kind of the the part of you that's self-serving, um, mm-hmm. that is trying to just feel good. So in relation to like constructive criticism, you can't, if your actual goal is to benefit whatever the relationship is, you can't really have a me complex. Right. You have to have like a we complex. So a lot of this stuff is very self-serving, I think, like mm-hmm. in life in general. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I would just say constructive criticism is the lack of ego. And like for it to like really work, I would say. Yeah. I would say I would have to lack oh, ego. Well, that's a good start. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of benefits, like, to constructive criticism. And, I mean, I bet we can all think of some. But, like, if you're able to properly, like, in all the relationships in your life, and your work relationships and person, like, friendships, familial, romantic. I mean, I think you even said this the last episode that we talked about soft life. Like, a mm-hmm. component of, like, soft life is, like, um, being able to, like, communicate efficiently. Like yeah. that will provide you a softer life. So if you're able to really, I think, like master constructive criticism with the people in your life, like I feel like that's when that would just oh, that just sounds like heaven. It does. Without ego, you not feeling some type of way, they not feeling some type of way. Honestly, if I'm being sincere, it's definitely an area that I want to. I don't know. People might lol at this, but it's it's definitely an area I want to um improve in because yeah I can I think I set up because of the way I'm I'm trying to be pretty intentional with the way I give it um definitely because I want it a certain way but I think I need to do a better job of opening it up to people because I've been very much talked to me and I said don't talk to me at all to the point I think with some people that like they probably don't feel comfortable giving it and that that conversation could go both ways but um I think if you care about that person and you trust that they care about you that it is in for your betterment I'm not saying 
you know, you take everything that they say for, you know, the Bible and like, you're just like, okay, so-and-so said, this is an area I got to work with. You definitely still have to like use a level of like discernment and really like reflect on whether or not that, um, that, you know, that's actually you. And if it is, then accept it. But if it's not just, you, you do have space. I feel like to be like, Hey, I just don't think this sits well with me. Um, so yeah. And Go ahead. Honestly, that last part that you said, like, there's two things that I think that you should, like, when you were speaking, just, I thought of, you can, like you said, you can, there's a level of discernment here, because I feel like, well, we have a podcast, but I feel like our, right now, with social yeah. media, there's so much, it's like feedback overload, like, everybody has an opinion in the platform, <laughs> and I feel like, which is why I said LOL, well, um, but I feel like because of that, with the feedback overload, everybody kind of takes what's on the internet as Bible. And it's not. And, if, and it's not. Like, even us, we're 25. Literally, the basis of this podcast is, like, we don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> we just, listen, it's new to us. This is new to us. And, and, right. And, and the, listen, there's so many times me and Nishi have had the same conversation over and over again. And not as a sense of, like, inefficiency but because the same thing hit us differently like something we talked about last year which could be very well like constructive criticism could have hit us one way the year before and now it's hitting us a different way so it's something we have to rehash and like re-digest again um so Mm -hmm. please take take you know listen we love y'all but like take us with a grain of salt as well we say at the beginning of every episode that we're 25 (laughs) literally so i'm just saying we're gonna be like 35 and re-listen to this and be like oh wow we thought we knew so much because that's exactly what happened when i reflect to like my 19 year old self who thought she was the shit (laughs) i'm like baby girl sit down you're broke Oh, (laughs) you and this brokey bit like you always come from people that are broke, including yourself. It's okay. I, 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 it's mostly myself to be honest. I'm really coming for myself because I want more for myself. Um, but yeah, and another thought that I had when you were speaking is like to have like pause, like actually beneficial constructive criticism. The other person has to give you a safe space, Mm. like because. Yeah, it it takes like a lot of courage for you to like go up to anybody and being like, "Hey, this is how I feel." That level of vulnerability, and then on top of that, being like, "And this is how you can improve." That takes balls, yeah. like with anybody. Yeah. Know? Oof. And for it's so important for that other person to provide you a space where you feel comfortable enough to express yourself with that level of vulnerability, um, and. I think, I wonder, I don't know if I've ever really, I think I have, like, in my romantic relationships, tried to cultivate um, a specific type of space. Actually, no, I think I do this in all my relationships, um, familial, friends, and even co-work. I try to formulate a specific type of vibe, specific type of energy in my relationships. But I think with time, if you're not 100% thinking about that, like, on a consistent basis, you'll be really surprised on the type of environment that you have unintentionally created. 
And that environment mm-hmm. might not be the type of environment that someone can give you constructive criticism. So I think that's another thing, like just being mindful of the type of energy and space and environments that you create, because you might be like, well, nobody gives me constructive criticism. I might be great. And it's just like, um, yeah, that, no. or maybe people just don't you feel just, comfortable with you. Yeah. And that's, like I said earlier, that's something, that's something I don't want to create for myself and I wouldn't want anybody else out there to create them for yourself it's a lonely that's a lonely journey and like there's beauty in being lonely and alone and like uh, very much self-made and I know this and I know that but like please it takes a village um nobody does this life on their own nobody should anyway so yeah take yourself down a notch you know and take that person that you care about and you know cares about you like and have that conversation yeah because it's very rare that you're doing everything perfect all the time at work with family with friends with loved ones like it's just very very rare (laughs) you're like a hundred percent all the time and sometimes you just need these moments where you can like come up to like come up to me as a woman I'm just kidding (laughs) please don't come to me as a woman (laughs) yeah Oh my gosh, one day we have to talk about why we don't post men on social media, Dara. Eh? I just want to throw that in there. Because I don't know if you saw that Tony Tone post. Yeah, I did. Wait, which one? Tony Tone created this post that was just like... I? Huh? Why wouldn't... Wasn't she like... Yeah. She was like, like, why why wouldn't you? Yeah, we'll have that conversation. We'll have that conversation in the future. <laughs> Let's move on. Yes. Let's, Let's talk about that in the future. Well, side note, this is actually going to be our last episode of this season, guys. So yeah. st- stay tuned. We'll be back in the fall and we're going to talk about some some subjects like the one I just mentioned and mm-hmm. other things. So we really do appreciate you guys listening to all the episodes that we have created for this first season. This is something me and Dara have wanted to do for such a long time was create a podcast and create a platform that allows us to have these um, heart-to-heart conversations. Yeah. Um, and we really appreciate it. Please also like and subscribe and give us a rating. Yeah, let us know what you think. Um, we're also very much open to any ideas, any discussions, topics that you guys would like us to have. Uh, moving forward we definitely want you guys to be a part of the conversation more um we want to know that you know we want to know what you guys are dealing with and questions that you have in your 20 somethings or at any point in your life that you are um and let's all do this discovery work together yeah because I know we're not the only ones feeling this way because we both have these conversations with our other friends yeah (laughs) so Yes, join us back in the fall. Um, follow us on social media. Um, we're at It's All A Lie on IG. That's when you'll know when um, we are coming back on the podcast. It was all a lie. Yeah. Guys, it was all Thank a you lie. so much for listening. We'll see you when the leaves are falling, I guess. Oh, well. What a way. What a way to <laughs> close out. But all right, yeah. We'll see you when the leaves are changing colors, not falling. Falling, that's winter. You know? Oh, you're right. You're totally oh. right. She's right. We're all. It's also going to be our season. We're both Libras, if you didn't know. So we're gonna come in with the Libra energy. Ooh, big Libra energy. Okay, okay, okay. I'm excited. 
hope you guys are too. Um, bye. Bye.